Hey everybody, welcome back to The Risen. Uh, we're going to be recording a Sunday episode here, so I hope you all are ready for a little bit of a sermon. Uh, we're going to be continuing through the book of Acts as we've been going walking through that here. Not really was intentionally a plan, but it's kind of just how it's worked out, so we're going to keep walking through that as we have been recently. I hope you're all okay with that. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 10, um, and so in, in Acts chapter 10 we kind of see a story involving two characters. Um, we're going to kind of talk more about Peter and his role in that story. So, if you will turn with me to, let's see here, uh, Acts chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 9. So, the next day as they were on their journey and approaching the, cedar, the, approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open, and something like a great sheet descended, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. And in it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air and animals. Or sorry, and there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, and kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the things were taken up at once to heaven. So, uh, basically, I was to say that Peter is pretty much really confused about, you know, why he had that um, vision. And was just like kind of like okay that's weird um but later you know we we find out that basically um this was because uh god was preparing uh peter to be a vessel to those outside of uh the jewish empire you know those gentiles as they are called in the bible and so um, basically, what happens, so in this passage, we see, we read that Peter, uh, he receives a vision from God, he's sitting there, he's hungry, he's waiting for food, um, obviously, you know, if God's going to give you a vision about eating stuff, he's going to do it while you're hungry, and so God gives him this vision as an example to show Peter, um, kind of, you know, some, show Peter what, you know, his ministry was going to look like, and so he brings down all these animals, and so, um, he brings in all these animals. He tells Peter to kill and eat. And Peter's like, whoa, 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 no way. I've never killed or eaten anything that was unclean or common. And, you know, he's never eaten outside of, like, the Jewish law when it came to what to eat. And so, you know, God tells him, you know, do not, you know, whatever, or the voice, I'm not certain if it's God necessarily, says, do not, you know, call what God has made un or clean common. Do not call what he has made clean unclean. Um. And so basically, what God is telling Peter here is, you know, I, you know, I know your rules, I know the the laws you had set before you your whole life, but do not, you know, follow the law above what God has done. And so, Peter later comes to find out that this directly applied to it. Though he was confused at the time, he finds out that this directly applied to his ministry and his mission field. And so, um, right before this, there's a man who receives a vision telling him to go get Peter, and so as his uh, people are going to get Peter, when he is brought, to, um, when Peter is brought to this man, this name, man's name is Cornelius, um, you know, Cornelius bows down, basically, falls at his feet, begins worshiping him, worshiping him, and Peter says, you know, I'm just a man, just as you are, stand up, like, don't do that, 
And so then Cornelius says, um, I know that it, in fact, this is later in the story. It's in, uh, let's see here. Uh, verse 28, and he said to them, You yourself know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So Peter says this um, to Cornelius. And um, again, like that's just tying back to his vision. And later on, Peter, a lot of Peter's ministry is to the Gentiles and to um, non-Jewish people. And so... What basically Peter is showing, or what God is showing Peter, is that God has made all people clean, or God can make all people clean. It doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter their culture. And the reason he shows this, Peter, again, is again so that he will go to the Gentiles. He would go to those who are culturally different, who are, you know, in his culture considered unclean um, because of their culture. Um, and this is really important for us, um, you know, as we go out into a world of many different cultures and many different people, of many bif- different backgrounds and values. Um, you know, we aren't to hold the gospel from anyone. Um, there's no one too unworthy of the gospel, as I would, as I'm, or I guess that's how I'm going to put it, because the way I, why, why I'm saying that is because oftentimes um, we find ourselves in a situation where we're called to share the gospel with someone that we may not see as a desirable um, host of the gospel or someone that we should share the gospel with because of their actions, their history, their culture, or whatever it may be. And so we opt from sharing them the gospel. We opt out of it. We decide not to. And obviously this is very counter of the call that Peter is giving or that God is giving Peter. And this is also very counter of the call that God has given us. I'm um, in the Great Commission, which is kind of the backbone of um, everything that we we do with this podcast is you know, in summary, go to all people, um, you know, from all over the world, from, you know, here to, uh, in the case of the disciples, from Ju- from uh, Judea to Samaria, and then all over the world, and from us, from our, our community, or maybe our church, or our local area, and all over the world, go to all people, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Lord, and, and you know, basically, that's, that's not a you know, excluding anyone. That is very inclusive of all people. And often we find ourselves kind of not doing this. Often we find ourselves being very exclusive um, of certain people because of their religious background or just where they're from or the culture that they are, uh, the culture that they come from. We often find ourselves unwilling to share the gospel with that person because of that. And that is just so counter of the call that we've been given here, and an exam, and you know Peter being the example of that, and so um, though many of us have not necessarily practiced dietary um, restrictions for our uh, for religious reasons, we often practice humanarian, or, or however you would say it, restrictions um, with who we share the gospel with, and there's nothing about someone that can prevent. The power of the gospel. I think that's really important to point out. Oftentimes, the reason that I find myself not sharing the gospel and the reason I've heard other people uh, find themselves not sharing the gospel is because they don't believe it'll do anything for the person they're going to share it with. And let me tell you that there is no one more powerful than the truth of the gospel. Thus, there is not anyone on this earth that the gospel cannot reach. I don't care how outspokenly atheist they are or how outspokenly against God they are or how 
you know, this or that they are that makes you believe that the gospel is going to have a no effect on them. You are undermining the power of God, the Holy Spirit, and the gospel when you begin to think like that. When you don't share the gospel with someone simply because you believe it won't have an effect on their life, you are now negating the power of the gospel to go into someone's heart and to change them. And, and that obviously is wrong. And so, therefore, we should hold it from no one. We should not um, neglect to share the gospel to someone simply because maybe they don't believe in God or maybe they um, have taken up a different faith and not the gospel. That's that's one of my biggest struggles is sharing the gospel with a non um with a with a a religious person who is non Christian, um, it's easier for me with someone who is just simply not religious. Maybe they don't believe in God, they don't believe in um, religion, or they just simply didn't grow up religious and just don't have an opinion on it. For me, it's easier to share the gospel with them than it is someone who is of a different faith than I, someone who is practicing maybe Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism, because. I feel it'll be less impactful to them than someone who has no faith because they have something they already believe. So not only am I trying to convince them of my faith, but I'm also trying to convince them that their faith is incorrect. It's extremely intimidating. Do I let that hold me back at times? Absolutely, I do. Should I let me that hold me back? Absolutely not. And, you know, obviously all these stu- all these blockers, all these things that are holding us back all come from Satan. They're all lies. He presents to us to prevent us from sharing the gospel. You know, if you if you believe that someone is unworthy of the gospel, that is likely Satan telling you so. If you believe that you cannot reach someone with the gospel, that is likely Satan telling you so because he d- simply doesn't want you to. Um, once the gospel is shared with someone, Satan has already lost a part of the battle. Um, whether you believe it or not, there's spiritual warfare going around us all the time, and Satan has won with is essentially mostly winning with all those who have not heard the gospel. But the moment that someone hears the gospel, whether they convert to it at that moment right then and there, or they don't convert to it at all, or they convert to it little, he has lost a bit of the battle because he's lost some ground because now they know of God. They know of the one true God, and they know how to come to that God. They know how to come to God and, and to receive the gift of eternal life. And so Satan's lost the battle of ignorance. And so, of course, if there's any way that he can prevent you from sharing the gospel with someone, he's going to use that tool because his greatest weapon is ignorance. If he can keep us ignorant of God, we will not believe in God. Simply put, if you don't tell me about God and I don't know about God, I can't believe in him. And so if Satan can win the battle of shutting up the Christians when it pertains to the gospel, then he has simply won the battle of ignorance. And so often the trap we fall into is we are vocal as Christians. We're vocal about our beliefs. We're bo- vocal about the fact that maybe we are uh, pro-life. Or, or, you know, we're vocal about the fact that, um, you know, this or that about politics because of our Christian belief. Or, or just whatever our beliefs may be, we're very vocal about that. But we aren't vocal about the gospel. Well, as a Christian, your greatest belief, regardless of political affiliation or um, you know, what you think about abortion or any other big question ticket, your greatest belief is that God has, the, that Jesus has the life-changing power to enter someone's heart 
who is stone that is dead and replace it with a heart of life and flesh that they can live eternal life with God, but only through Jesus Christ. So as a Christian, that is your one greatest and truest belief. And so that should be the belief that we are most vocal of. Yet I find in my own life and in the life of most modern Christians, this is not the case. I am a very openly, uh, I'm a very open person about my beliefs, whether religious or political. Um, if someone wants to have a conversation with me about what I believe about certain things, I am more than likely willing to have that conversation. Am I nervous at times to have it? Absolutely. Does it make me uncomfortable sometimes? Of course. But I'm willing to have those conversations. But I do find myself often more willing to have a political discussion or argument or maybe a discussion of simple ethical questions or just debates on what I believe to be right or wrong rather than sharing the gospel with someone. And to be honest with you, in every situation, um, in every conversation or even debate with someone, there is the opportunity for me to present the gospel. If I'm talking about politics or am I talking about how I feel about certain ethical questions or just questions that people have in general, I could always point them back to my uh, the reason of my believing in those things, uh, my worldview, the lens in which I look through, which is that of Christianity. And so in all situations, I have the chance to share the gospel, but I often fall short. So what excuse thus do we do we have? We, we, we just don't have any. Um, there is no reason not to share the gospel, whether it's um, their historical background, maybe I know someone and I know, you know, who they voted for in the last election. And so I say, I'm not going to share the gospel with them because, uh, you know, obviously I'm not going to make an impact based on who they're voting for or, or whatever your logic may be. You're absolutely wrong. God has literally told us, do not declare unclean what I have made clean. Um, in a double-headed sense... If we are Christians and we are looking at another Christian, we should not question their Christianity just because they have different beliefs than that of our own. If God has truly made them clean, then they are clean. It doesn't matter if they vote the same way you do or think the same way that you do because not everyone is going to. I don't agree with every Christian on every single question on this earth, and they don't agree with me, and that's okay. Because we are human, we have our own beliefs, and there are some beliefs that aren't absolutely necessary to our salvation. There are things that we can believe that don't change whether or not we believe in God or His saving grace. So do, in, in the same sense as I, I can't um, say that someone is unworthy of the gospel just because of their previous beliefs, actions, or history, I cannot also say that someone is not saved because of their beliefs or actions. Simply that if if they have proof of the uh, if they have the proof of of the salvation by fruit of the spirit, then I simply cannot question their salvation because of their political affiliation or or any other reason um, similar to that. That is the the one test of Christianity is whether or not they show the fruit of the spirit. There are people I know who I do not agree with certain things that they believe in, and yet they show the fruit of the spirit. So I know that they are a saved member of the kingdom of heaven. So it is very important that we remember daily this statement made here that do not declare unclean what I have made clean. Do not declare unclean, uh, do not declare what I have made clean common or however you want to say it. We must remember this statement daily because we are going to interact with other people who believe differently than us every single day. If you have met someone who believed the same way you do about everything, 
you were looking in the mirror. I don't agree with everything with my parents. I don't agree on everything with my girlfriend. I don't agree on everything with my friends. You're just not going to run into someone that you agree with everything on. It's not possible. There's too many things to disagree on. And not only is this okay, it's good. It is important that we as Christians do disagree on some things because we can, in those disagreements, we can study further within the word, find the fundamental truth that God has laid out before us in the word, and grow as individuals and as a body in Christ. So I do believe it is important that we disagree on things so that we will do scriptural research on those things. you know, certain topics. So all in all, just to come to a conclusion here, um, put simply, I don't care what you think about someone because of who they are. I don't care what you think about someone because of what they've done. I don't care what you think about someone because of what you know about what kind of, about what they think about certain things or what kind of decisions they make. You are to share the gospel with everyone absolutely every single person on this earth. They were all created in the image of God just as you are. They are all deserving of grace as you are, which, by the way, none of us are are deserving of grace. They all deserve the gospel just as much as you did because none of us deserved it. So, do not withhold it from anyone. That is clearly the message given here in these words. Am I guilty of withholding the gospel? Absolutely. Are we all? Absolutely. Can we be better at it? Absolutely. It simply comes down to every day telling yourself, I don't care who I encounter, I don't care where they're from or what they've done, I am going to share the gospel with them. And so that's my charge for you. That's my charge for me. Um, I think that's kind of just the charge of Christianity in reality. Um and so with that, um, now that I've laid out that charge and, and I'm going to challenge myself to to um, stick to that, and I hope you do too, let's pray. And then we can, we can, uh, we can be, I guess, well, I almost said dismissed. Not exactly dismissed, but uh, we can end this episode here. So, uh, dear God, thank you for this day, and thank you for this time you've given me to get, dive into your word, um, to... Uh, study you and your attributes through it, Lord, and to, and to um, you know, read your commands, listen to your commands, and apply it to my life. And I hope that others will apply your commands to your life. Yes, these commands were made hundreds of years ago, but they are still so relevant to uh, they are still so relevant to us um, today. I pray you help us to remember that, and I pray you help us to just. Um, apply the words that you've given us to our lives so that we may be better Christians, so that we may share the gospel with more people because that is truly our one and only call here on this earth, Lord. I just thank you for this opportunity you've given me to be behind this mic, and I pray that you use my words to bless others um, the way that you have used your word to bless me, Lord. I thank you for this day and everything that you have provided for me and all those listening. In Jesus' name, amen.